Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. Plan your next move in real estate with this fast, vital market news to aid your next real estate adventure. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Here is your host, Landon Witt, with this week's Daily Market Update. All right, welcome to episode four of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Today, we have a guest in the studio, John Slater from News Channel 4, a meteorologist who's been doing weather for over 30 years. Pretty excited to have him on the show today. I'll listen to that later on. Okay, license number 174290, Landon Witt, brokered at Metro First Realty. Top house under 500k today on the show comes uh from the continental lofts i don't usually do condos on this show this one stuck out i really like the location continental lofts is downtown in bricktown in fact it's got a great view of the river boats you can relax on the balcony there and check out the river boats passing by or walk down to Starbucks or head off to the movie theater there or even walk to the Chesapeake Arena for a show or a game. Really cool opportunity. That's going to be uh, 200 South Oklahoman is the address. That's in the Continental Lofts, MLS number 822143. If you haven't been to the Continental Lofts, there's actually a swimming pool on the roof. And the whole thing is a wooden deck, and it's a real long rectangular pool. And as you're swimming, you have this beautiful view of Devon Tower and some of the other uh, skyscrapers that are downtown really gives a unique feel uh, living there uh, in the downtown corridor. Um, so uh, I got a link down below. You can check that out. That's on the market for 410. Um, again, you know, getting the benefit of that urban core. HOA fee uh, includes the uh, gated entry, your pool, and your recreational facility that's on site. Okay, uh, under... 200k comes a Cleveland cottage. This one is actually listed by uh, Carla Splangard. I love her. Uh, she is just a uh, an icon in the historic uh, homes, and for her to be offering something in this price range uh, is fantastic. Um, it, this one I chose uh, because it's got a basement that's been finished out, and it's so nice to have this extra square foot uh, in these neighborhoods. This one uh, being 2647 Northwest 24th Street. It is a two-story uh, cottage, kind of a Cape Cod-style home with a one-car attached garage uh, that has 411-square-foot basement that's been finished out, uh, making the total home square foot 2,085. Uh, but she's got the square foot in the system just being the above-grade uh, finished square foot, which is 1644. 
but for all practical purposes, you really do have 2,000 square foot of living space. The inside's uh, done really well. Uh, it looks pretty. Um, good window space, lots of la natural light, uh, excellent original hardwood floors that have been refinished to look really nice. Uh, the kitchen actually has a nice brick floor that really gives kind of a rich uh, feel. Anytime you can get brick or stone, it, you almost feel this energy shift in the home. So I uh, really like it when natural stones are incorporated. And, and I feel that buyers like it as well uh, when it's done tastefully. Um, so good stuff there. The top interior paint of the week has been gray um, still. Um, I think gray is really kind of topping the charts. Now gray, there's so many shades of gray, okay, for no pun intended. But um, you really, you know, if you, you, you look to those lighter grays, the idea here is that the paint color then matches every buyer's furniture, okay? So as you're shopping for homes, if the walls are green or their walls are purple or whatever color they're with, I know that's an easy fix, but for some of us, we're wanting to move in and the house to just be move-in ready, you know? It's already hectic enough having to sell your house and move to a new house and then having to change paint colors before you move furniture in can add to that. So having a paint color that matches your current color scheme is fantastic and gray is the way to do that. This week, we wanted to feature a new category. This is gonna be the exterior paint aside from natural bricks. So if you have a frame home uh, and you're thinking, well, what, you know, it needs a paint job. I need to maybe scrape off the lead-based uh, paint that's flaking off. Um, if you're selling your home to meet FHA standards, you're gonna to have to do that anyways. If your home was uh, built prior to 1978, there's a good chance it has lead in that paint. So if you sell to a buyer who's using an FHA loan, the appraiser will require that any paint that's flaking off the house be scraped and then painted over. So if you're if you're trying to choose a color, um, we, again, gray and off-whites were the number one selling color uh, this summer so far for exterior frame painted houses. Uh, total sold for the week is 157. Last week we had and we finished off the month at 199. The average days on the market this week is 35. That's down one day from last week. So we're heading the right direction. Um, I really feel like there's a lot of buyers out there um, and that this is kind of leaning towards a seller's market right now. Uh, we had an excellent open house on Sunday, had a lot of fun. And for those of you that may be listening that were there, I uh, really appreciate you coming out to Northwest 19th. We had a great historic done by Hild Homes. Does a fantastic job renovating. I mean, just top notch, uh, really good quality renovation. He actually took a duplex and converted it into a single family home. So you have this super large master suite uh, and two additional bedrooms. So you've got this three bedroom um, and it really makes it to where you can kind of have a historic home in a historic neighborhood, but yet the interior of the home is laid out like a modern home uh, with the, the, you know, uh, historic features inside, but uh, amazing stuff that he did over there at, at 2508 Northwest 19th. So that was our open house on Sunday. I'm pretty sure that's going to be under contract, uh, if not today, tomorrow. Um, okay, so um, I wanted to keep this... Um, news portion short today because I want to get to our guest here. Again, John Slater uh, with News Channel 4 is in the studio today. Uh, really happy to have him here. 
on the news section, right? So if you are an investor or maybe you're just looking at where to kind of buy where things are moving and going, I want you to check out a site called OKCTalk.com. OKCTalk.com. It has got not only does it have a Twitter page where it's got, you know, it actually tweets, you know, upcoming buildings that are that are being built and this kind of thing. They've also got a cool section on their page where they actually have a map that's interactive showing developments that are coming, are underway, are currently permanent, and you can actually scroll around it and, and click on each section for new updates. So uh, really cool feature, OKCTalk.com. Well, John, thank you so much for coming today. I know um, you have been a legend in meteorology. Um, Oklahoma City, as many know, is the heartbeat of a lot of Tornado Alley. Uh, We get some incredible weather in this area. And it's something that, um, you know, we look at these historic houses like we talked about earlier, and they've been on the market for, or not on the market, but been constructed for, you know, some of them over 100 years. So there's always that question, Landon, you know, should I buy a home in Tornado Alley? And the reality is, is although there's more than average tornadoes here, there's really not that many tornadoes. And of those tornadoes, very few actually damage properties. But nevertheless, it still leads us to this kind of different energy in the town where we have the tornado sirens that get tested every Saturday at noon. Uh, so you're constantly reminded that there could be a threat of tornadoes. But what it does is it provides this beautiful weather scene. So we've get these ginormous cloud formations and beautiful colors. Uh, and it's really interesting for any of those that are that are fascinated by weather. So um, John's come to talk to us today a little bit about this, share with us about storm chasing, what it's like to be in that vehicle and broadcasting on the news when one of these events is occurring. So John, share with me, What's it like to be a storm chaser? It's pretty incredible. Um, it's fun, scary, dangerous, fulfilling, something I've been doing for a long time. Um, first off the bat, no one needs to be storm chasing or storm tracking unless you have a lot of experience. I started storm tracking back in the early 1980s, long before the movie Twister, okay? And uh, I've been doing it for a long time with a lot of professionals that have been doing it. So I just learned over the years. And being a meteorologist in Oklahoma for 30-plus years now, I've done a lot of storm chasing, storm tracking for various TV stations that I've worked for. Um, There's a lot to it. Hmm. But right off the bat, let me tell you, the most dangerous thing about storm tracking are the regular driving regulations. Hmm. Because... You mean the, the the law keeping you from... Well, no. Escaping I mean, correctly? No, or? it's the multitasking and not paying attention to what you're doing. You're, you know, the bottom line is you're driving a vehicle, right? You're in a vehicle. you got to remember that. But it's hard to when you're driving along and you're at the storm. You know, our job is to get in front of the storm and get a shot of the storm to help tell people where the storm is, if a tornado is actually on the ground, how big the hail is, and then track the storm and give viewers warning you know, as we go along. But when you're doing that, okay, you're driving along, you've got probably a headset on, okay, you've got a camera, okay, you're looking at the clouds, you're trying to do 
a Facebook Live. You've got a live shot that you're doing with the television station. You're doing all these things, watching the weather. At the same time, though, you got to realize that you're driving a vehicle at 80 miles an hour or however fast you're going. And that's the most dangerous thing because you can, there's so many things you're multitasking doing that you forget about the stop sign. Or if an animal jolts out in front of you, your reaction time is really low because you're so busy doing other things. So that really is the most dangerous part. You're unlikely going to get hit by a tornado, okay? Tornadoes are really rare. We talk about them a lot, and there's a lot of days we have the potential for tornadoes, right? That tornado watch comes out, and even a tornado warning comes out. But how many days do we actually have the tornado? Uh, A tornado is a rare event. It does happen in Oklahoma. That's why we call it Tornado Alley. But it's pretty rare, pretty rare. Hmm. So, you know, people that come to this town, they may hear on Saturday this loud sound. I know that uh, Jason Hartman did a, he actually has a podcast called Creating Wealth Show. He came last year, we had 300 investors, and we all piled into this uh, metro bus, you know, it was a, a red carpet, nice bus, and we drove around town. And these investors were from all over the world, and they were coming to see what Oklahoma real estate is all about, because you can get very cheap real estate uh, and and rent it out for a high price, and you get good returns on it, and it's appreciating every year. We're having great appreciation rates. But they hear this sound on Saturday at noon, and for like three minutes, this alarm is going the off. sirens. The sirens, yes. yes and the investors yes. are kind of looking at each other like, what is that? You know, and, and they explain, this is the tornado alarm. And everyone's tone changed. And so we want to nip that question off. You know, is this a dangerous place to buy real estate because of this weather we have here? No, I don't think it's a dangerous place. I mean, you know, California's got the earthquakes, right? If you live on the East Coast, you have the nor'easters and the snowstorms. Um, Hawaii's got their challenges. That's in the news these days with those volcanoes. I mean, I think, you know, there's always risks There's always dangers out there lingering. Um, The tornado threat, it's a real threat in Oklahoma. We live in Tornado Alley for a reason. More tornadoes occur per square mile in Oklahoma than any other place in the world, okay? But as I said earlier, it's still a rare event. And you get plenty of warning with these tornadoes. That's why the sirens are out there. And all the television stations do a great job of covering these events, letting you know when there's a chance and then if they happen, you know, getting everyone out of the way and things like that. But it's a pretty rare event. And you can stay in your home and be completely safe from a tornado. Um, We have, you know, we've got the drill down, you know, lowest level, center part of a small interior room, right? So a closet underneath the stairwell, so you don't have to have a storm cellar. You don't have to. We, we recommend, I mean, I'll, mm-hmm. tell you, I'll tell you, we recommend having a safe room in your home um, above ground or underground because there is a risk. But you don't need one. You can escape tornadoes by just using common sense. Mm-hmm. So it's really, so the danger of a tornado is not... Uh, the wide scale, you know, destruction because it's not like a hurricane. Okay, I I, right. I lived in Houston prior. Right, right. A hurricane is like everybody's gonna get it. Right. Everybody's gonna get damage. You're not going anywhere. Whereas a tornado, you can have one house get demolished right. and the next house is just fine. Yes, right. So, Tornadoes aren't very big comparatively to a hurricane. 
Um, very intense, small, we call it a mesoscale weather event. One house wiped out, <laughs> or the roof is gone, and then the other house is fine. Now, we have a scale of tornadoes. We, it's called the F scale, and it's really now the EF scale. And the F is from Dr. Fujita, who was a scientist at the University of Chicago and invented this tornado scale. Um, and then it was enhanced later. It used to be the F scale. Now we call it the EF scale. It just means the enhanced Fujita scale. Um, zero being the, the smallest tornadoes, and it goes all the way to five, the biggest tornadoes. Um, the smallest tornado has winds of around 80 miles per hour, okay? Mm. And that can still do considerable damage. Sure. Um, shingles off roofs, trees down, things like that. Um, the bigger tornadoes, EF3 and bigger, you're getting into 150-plus mile-per-hour winds. The biggest ones, like the 4s and 5s, are up, you know, 200-plus, okay? Those are really rare. Most tornadoes are the zero ones and 2s. They can cause a lot of damage. They can be deadly. Hmm. Hmm. But you can escape those by being in, in your tornado safety spot at home, whether it's a storm shelter or just lowest level center part of a small interior room. Um, you can escape those, those tornadoes. Okay. The big ones, now, hmm. those, are, those, yeah. those are bad. We're talking F5 here. Yeah, the, We're talking the really big the, tornadoes. The, the one in the movies. Right, right. And they're very, very rare events. And if... They are going, here's the good news, if we have an EF5 or an EF4, you're going to get a lot of warning hmm. because we see those easily on radar. They're so big. As they're forming? As or? they're forming, okay. before they're gotcha. forming, we get them on radar. And then we wow. have the helicopters go out and you can see them. And if you're in the path... You fly a heli- uh, the, the helicopters are flying in this weather. That's How right. is that even possible? Well, they're staying away from the storm. But they're, they have so a, outside of the storm, it's relatively calm, and then where right. that center is, that's where you're getting the high winds. So it's a very right. focused event. The, the winds are in the tornado. Okay, you can be you know just outside the tornado by 100, 200 yards, and you get a little wind, but hmm. nothing really that dangerous. So wow. you have to be right in the path of a tornado to get sure. nailed. Sure. And most tornadoes are about um, less than a quarter mile wide. So mm. a lot less than that. The big ones yeah. are about a quarter mile wide. So gotcha. okay, I was gonna say that seems pretty wide, but yeah. So the those largest are the big ones. Yeah. Okay. So a big question here: Why does it seem like Moore, the town of Moore, which is just south yeah. of Oklahoma City? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for those of you who have been on our property tours before, or maybe you've been here with a realtor and you see that uh, you know Oklahoma City or Edmond. Storm cellars really aren't that popular. Then when you get south of the city, almost every house has got them, or at least, you know, five on the streets got them. What is going on where Oklahoma City just doesn't seem to have a whole lot of tornadoes compared to south of the city? Is there some kind of magical force field going on here? What what does this mean? Not really. Well, they're, they're starting to do some studies on that because the you're talking about the first more tornado. The big one was May 3rd, 1999. And then they had, they've had several after that, a real big one on, in 2013, which I was right in front of, by the way. Um, we're trying to do some studies, and there could be something geographically with the river there and, and location to higher areas of land that we're looking at that could funnel the winds and maybe create a better chance for a for a significant tornado in South Oklahoma City or in the Moore area. But it's really too early to tell any of that stuff. Basically, tornadoes will strike anywhere. 
you know, th there's been old theories that they'll never hit mountains or cross rivers. They never hit downtown cities, but that's all false. We've seen it all happen. Hmm. Um, the first tornado I ever saw in my life was down in the Wichita Mountains in southwestern Oklahoma near Lawton, a little town called Medicine Park. And hmm. the Indians there thought that that town would never get hit by a tornado because of the Wichita Mountains there. Sure. Well, which, which you would think would break up the wind. Right. That's well, understandable. February 14th on Valentine's Day, 1987, a tornado formed in the mountains there and came right down and just totally destroyed that town. Mm. Um, so they can happen anywhere. We, we've seen tornadoes hit downtown areas, Salt Lake City, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. It happens. Mm. It's just that tornadoes are so small on the big scale of things. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. a needle in a haystack. So the chances are that you're never going to get hit, and it always seems like it's somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. always does. Mm -hmm. And, and you may be thinking, oh, it, it just never hits Oklahoma City, because I've, I've lived in Oklahoma City for 30 years, and it just it always goes somewhere else. It just seems that way. Mm. It just seems Because when way. you draw out the scale long enough, right. you see, okay, it did occur 30 years ago. Right, we've had tornadoes in Oklahoma City. Okay, so another topic that, that I hear a lot from insurance agents is we're not really worried too much about tornadoes. We're worried about the hail. Okay, why does Oklahoma City seem to have higher than normal hail? Well, again, we live in Tornado Alley. More severe storms develop here that produce hail and tornadoes than any other place in the world. The same kind of storms that produce the tornadoes produce the large hail. Because Why? Because, okay, a severe thunderstorm, a thunderstorm develops. Warm air is rising, okay? It's rising in the air. You have to have a really intense thunderstorm that the air is rising real fast and the winds aloft are real strong and you get these really big storms that form and the, actually the whole storm is spinning hmm. it's not just the tornado that is spinning it's the whole storm if you watch some of our storm coverage you'll hear us say we've got a mesocyclone sometimes we throw out some really big meteorological terms on air because sure, they sound three incredible hours. though yeah we have all this time to fill you know and anyway a mesocyclone is a storm that is rotating hmm. and the storms that produce the large hail and the tornadoes are mesocyclones because these storms are what we call supercell thunderstorms. They have a mind of their own, and it's like, a, it's like an engine, and it has warm air going up, and then it comes down into rain, and that's the downdraft, and it keeps going because of the winds aloft. Like in the summertime, there's no wind aloft. There's no mm. strong winds where the jets fly in the summertime. Mm. So if a storm goes up, then it rains on itself, and it just... It, it goes away. It rains itself out. You might get some strong straight line winds, but it, it goes up and it comes down. In the springtime, when we have those strong winds aloft, the jet stream winds, mm -hmm. like 150 miles an hour, when the storm goes up... It gets sucked into it. Well, the top gets blown away mm. from where the updraft is, so the downdraft is not into the updraft. See that? So it keeps going. It keeps going, and it starts spinning. Because Cause it's the top half is moving into different than the bottom. Okay. The winds sure. are, are accelerated. They're accelerating and they're changing direction from the bottom to up. Like you could have a south breeze at the surface, but the jet stream level, you have a west wind, right? So, so it's yeah. it's spinning it, yeah. So as it goes up, sure. it, it turns. Interesting. So the whole storm is spinning. And those updrafts that keep going up produce the large hail. Because what Why? happens is rain comes up, it gets sucked up. Oh wow. And freezes. Wow. Okay? okay. And then it gets heavy, right? It starts coming down, and then it gets sucked up again, again. another updraft. Oh, with keeps, another round. Oh, God. Gotcha. And it gotcha. keeps doing that. The snowball effect. Right. It keeps doing that until it gets so heavy that it can't support it anymore, and it falls down. 
And the stronger that updraft keeps those big storm hailstones up there, the bigger the hailstones. So that's what we're looking for is updraft then. So when yeah. you guys get updraft, yeah. you, that's when you're saying we have a strong potential for hail. Right, yes, yes. And actually when a hailstone comes down, next time you have a hailstorm, you can do this. Okay, like you get a golf ball size hail or something or even a quarter size sure. hail. Take it into your house. Be careful, but slice it open. And you'll see rings. And that's how many times it went up and refroze and went up. And seriously, still have like five rings or eight rings in there. Where that's the yeah. that's the pulling. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But it's all about updraft. So mm. that's why we get all these bad storms in Oklahoma because we have the weather that supports these long-lasting supercell mesocyclone thunderstorms. They produce the large hail and the tornadoes. But the good news is they're rare events, right? Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. you're all you're going to get hail if you come to Oklahoma. You're going to get hail, but uh, you know you're you're covered for insurance for hail, right? Sure, that's true. That that's what we're paying for. Yeah, that's what you pay for. Yep, yep. So they'll which come which by the way the is 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 a very high rate. So when we do the numbers on these homes, we 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 keep that in mind. You know that that the insurance is going to be higher because of this threat. However, insurance, like you said, will take care of this damage. Oh so yeah. So as long as you're safe, which again is watching the local news. Yeah. You know maintaining uh, an awareness and if you if you totally are not uh, paying attention these alarm system that the city's developed will go off right. alerting you that there's a danger uh, and the city's got from what I understand uh, several shelters that are set up if you're driving with your uh, you know kids in the car and this kind of thing and you maybe aren't near your home or near right. your place of business is there places you can go just out and about? Well, I mean, how does that work? Well, you know what? There aren't that many public storm shelters out there. And, and that's for a reason, because if you had thousands of people just coming to one place and then they couldn't get in, there'd be a traffic jam and then a tornado would be coming. That might not be a good situation. So there's not that many of those around. And, and there, that, like I said, there's a reason why. That can be a dangerous situation. So should you stay in your vehicle or try to outrun it? or what? If you're in your vehicle and, mm-hmm. the, you know, and you've got a tornado and you see it and you can't get away, I mean, yeah, you've got to get, you've got to get out of that vehicle. You're better off getting out of your vehicle and laying, like, in a ditch somewhere. Why? Because the vehicle actually... The vehicle, tornadoes will take vehicles and just toss them in the air. They can pick them up. Yeah, they just... Because they got more wind, they actually... Yeah, something. They're, t- they're up on the tires and the... I, I've done a lot of tornado surveying stuff after a tornado, you know, and, and you'll see cars in the weirdest places, in trees, in the middle mm. of a football field. You're going, is that a car? Yeah, that, that was Because the wind car. gets up underneath. Yeah, it can yeah. pick it up, whereas like a, if you're toss laying them like down. Toss them like so a toy. Toss them like a toy. So you want to get out of the vehicle, get yeah. to a, if you can get to a Walmart or something, a big structure like well, that. Well, here's the deal. Um, you know, I tell people, let, let's say there's a tornado watch in Oklahoma. And it's a Saturday afternoon, and you're, you're home, your brand new home that you just got from your great realtor. <laughs> okay? Yeah, that's me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a tornado watch, and then it turns into a tornado warning. You pay attention to the weather, use common sense, right? Use common sense. You don't want to, you know, freak out or anything. And just, you have tornado safety rules that are in place that you're going to know already. You should have them down, you know. And you just follow those precautions. So if a tornado is coming to your area, First of all, you're going to know ahead of time. If you have enough time, if it's one of these big tornadoes and it's 45 minutes out and the, and the guys on TV are tracking it right towards you, you know, and you don't have a storm shelter or you don't have a, a tornado safe spot at home, do you have a friend that has one? Um, maybe you should find a friend that has one. Maybe one of your next-door neighbors has a storm shelter that when these 
occasions happen, you just go knock on his door, and there you go. And he's already said, hey, whenever there's these situations, come mm -hmm. on over. Mm -hmm. Or do you have a church that is a strong, sturdy building that you go to or nearby that you can go into? Um, a mall. You could go, you can say, hey, kids. You don't want to tell the kids there's a tornado warning, but because you'd say, hey, kids, this is a great time. Let's go to the mall, hang out, do some shopping, go see a movie. A mall is a good place, strong, sturdy building you know, to go to. Mm -hmm. Spend mm -hmm. a couple hours in there, the severe weather's over. So there's a lot of things you can do if you know ahead of time. Now, if you wait till the last second and not pay attention to Oklahoma weather, that's when you can get into some trouble. But even then, you've got your safety spot at home. Lowest level, center part of a small interior room, you're going to be safe most often, unless it's like a huge, huge tornado. The really mm -hmm. big ones, like I said, it's good to have neighbors. Right. It's, it's good, good to have, have neighbors. neighbors. And also, again, those big ones are, are going to be they're rare. Uh, they're they're very, forecasted they're very in rare. advance, too. And the thing is, is that your home is insured, guys. You want to save yourself and your family and make sure you guys are safe. The home is insured. And we're going to have an insurance specialist on the show to really explain how those insurance packages work. We're really looking at wind damage here and hail damage. Um, it's They don't, per se, have a tornado policy. That's considered wind damage to a home when a tornado uh, comes and, and does devastation. Um, also, um, because the weather tracks the hail, um, we get this problem a lot when you're under contract on a home, let's say you're a seller or a buyer, and the home inspector comes out and says, whoop, there's hail damage on this roof. And it may be two or three years after a hailstorm, but you're not aware of it until you go to sell your home. Well, the insurance companies will actually pull the records and find out if there, in fact there was a hailstorm in that area. So I'm I'm understanding that you guys are keeping a, a good record then of every single hail event that's in Oklahoma City. Right. And then I, I would think you would sell that to the insurance company, that data, uh, and then they would use that, that data to actually say, yes, you did in fact have hail damage at your house, and we will cover that uh, roof. The National Weather Service really has all that information. Um, if anyone has any questions about whether or not their home was hit by hail recently or within you know, 20, last 20 years or whatever, you can call the National Weather Service or get on their website or just Google NWS, which is National Weather Service, space, whatever city you live in. Um, we'll make sure to put that link in the, in the yeah. description below. Um, you, can, you can contact the National Weather Service through the uh, social media, too. And um, they have that information, all those records. Um, but it is interesting because, um, you know, the, the roofers out there, they're watching that. They're watching where those storms go. And then the day after the storms, they go find out where the hail was, and they are in your neighborhood knocking on the door. They're saying, mm -hmm. they're like, and, you, and, it's, and it's just a weekend, and you open the door, and you're like in your pajamas, and can I help you? And they're like, they You got hit by hail. Exactly. Yeah. And, sure, and they're trying to make money by sure. uh, replacing your roof. So, sure. um, but it's important to know that not all hailstones are created equally. It really takes a fairly large hail stone and a lot of them to cause significant roof damage. Hmm. So you got to be careful about that too. There are 
I don't want to say scams going on, but again, roofers are trying to make money here. Sure. And they're well, gonna... your insurance adjuster is going to come right. back out, right? And that's that's an important thing too. If you don't um, if you don't have insurance on your home, and a, and a roofer comes to your home and tells you, "Hey, you need to replace this roof," it's a great idea to get a second opinion from Absolutely. a different roofer um, before you do it. Um, if you have insurance, though, your insurance company is going to send out their own adjuster to check out the roof before right. they agree to repair that roof. So that's what you need. Yep. Yep. Well, John, it's been a pleasure having you okay. on the show today. I think we've covered a lot. I, I hope you guys have been really interested in, in what this uh, brings to the city. Um, it's a challenge, but just like anything, you know, it, it creates a culture of appreciation. I feel um, there's been times where I've just gazed in wonder at the weather around us. You know, it is interesting. It's, 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 it's it, they, they, these things get thousands of feet in the air. Yeah. Uh, just spectacular lightning shows. Um, I mean, just incredible colors, blue, magenta, purple, um, really an incredible sight to see on some of these storms. So it is, it's a great place to live out here in Oklahoma. You know, obviously it attracts a lot of meteorologists here. There's meteorologists from all over the world that come here to study the weather and end up living here. And I've, I've been here for 30 plus years now. And, uh, you know what we always tell people, you know, don't be scared of the weather. Just be prepared. You know, use common sense. Don't be scared. Get prepared. If you're going to move here or buy a house in Oklahoma, I say do it 100%. It's a great place to live. But again, you got to stay prepared and stay tuned to the weather and stay weather aware. And just use common sense. If you're under a tornado warning, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it because it is Oklahoma. It'll get you. <laughs> well, that's John Slater talking to us about meteorology in Oklahoma City. John, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. And that concludes episode four of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. If you have questions or comments, please don't hesitate to email me at landon at premieragentokc.com. That's L-A-N-D-O-N at premieragent.com. If you'd like to hear something on the show specific or you'd like to just let us know what kind of job we're doing, I really appreciate the feedback. We're also looking for guests each week that have something to say to the local real estate investment community or if someone's buying a home, uh, we always welcome you on the show. Uh, Please email me your request and we'll get to it. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day wherever you are.